Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, people who are young gentlemen, people who have digits in their name, people who know how to start banners, and people who go refer to themselves as Sports Talk. Terry, welcome on in to today's episode of Trust the Process Live. No banners here today. He had a fancy SOS. He had a, you know, banners. He's got clients to take care of. So I'm just yeah, going to in when he's not here. We got a special guest today. You know, the one, the only ET Sports Talk Terry is back on the show, making a comeback. Little Brett Favre style. We'll get into a guy who reminds me of Brett Favre in a little bit. ET, how are we doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Happy to have you. Happy to have you back. A little nervous about what you're going to say about some of these Sixers questions, but uh, hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Young gentlemen. You should already know. Hey, are you ready to let it fly? Oh boy, here we go. Young gentleman, Jimmy J, how we feeling? I'm liking the Kutch quote today. Thank you, thank you. You know, got it. He, he said it I mean, when, you, when you hit a, a home run first pitch of the game, you know, you, you be feeling yourself a little bit. Um, but now nah, I'm feeling good, good to have OGET back on the show. But wait, ET, before we get started, real quick, thoughts on the on the Dolphins draft? Thoughts on oh, how y'all made out? Oh, I, oh, I love our draft. The only thing I would have changed is I would have wanted Jamar Chase, but you know what. To a play with Waddle, you trust mm -hmm. Waddle. I'll take it. It's going to make us more explosive on offense. And to be honest, I love the direction of this team. I love the direction of this draft. I love the direction of our coaching staff. I like. Y'all already made Easton fins up. Y'all ready to make noise? Y'all oh, definitely yeah, ready to make noise. Buffalo's falling off the map. Josh Allen will be exposed this year. Both here he go. Here he go. Okay. Going on the, going on the tangent go. right from the uh, right from the jump. Oh, yeah. Mr. Digits, did we add any? Did we subtract any over the weekend? How are we doing? I'm chilling, man. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's uh, it's officially birthday week for me. Saturday. Uh oh, so hey, we added a digit. Oh, I know, I know. I remember. I remember we we had close birthdays. Yeah. So you know, I'm chilling. The weather's the weather's starting to turn. Spring's always been my favorite time of the year, birthday aside. So I'm in good spirits. There we go. Love to hear it, Mr. Digits. We'll have to, we'll have to, you know, have a nice little Miami Marlins, Philadelphia Phillies celebration for you here. But moving on, moving on into our first question of the day, we're getting into the main event. Now, fellas, I'm not sure if you guys have heard, but uh, 76ers is just a win or two away from locking up the one seed going to this year's playoffs. But regardless of how they played, regardless of the one seed, the odds have the 76ers at fifth to win the championship this year. They're tied with the Bucs at plus 750. On the graphic here in this order, left to right, you got the Nets, Lakers, Jazz, and then I said the Bucs and Sixers are tied. So, Mr. James Jackson, I'm coming to you with this one first. Is it egregious? Is it disrespectful that the Sixers are all the way down there at five in the odds for the championship? You can tell who writes the questions in the script. So it's like, is it, look, look how angry Josh is. Is it egregious? No, it's not. It's not egregious. I, I, I would argue, I would argue they're right where they should be. Look at all these other teams that are ahead of them in the championship odds. You have a team in the Nets who, who went healthy when they all come together, may have the most stacked roster, the most firepower the NBA has ever seen. Then you have the defending champions and the team that has LeBron James on it. Then you have the Jazz, the team who had, had the best record for majority of the year, the best record in the NBA, majority of the year, and has been playing really well. And then you have the Bucks, who have the two-time MVP. 
you know, the, the questions you may have with all the other teams down here, the Sixers also have that. It's not like the Sixers are working with superstars that have made deep runs in the postseason. Like you had, yes, you have Joel Embiid who has had his, who has had an MVP candidate season, has had a great season. You guys are the number one seed, but there's no playoff pedigree to the Sixers. There's no deep run pedigree to the Sixers right now. And the the, the most one probably is Doc Rivers, and that's he's coming off a blown three one lead last year in the playoffs. So you have you have a bunch of teams here who may have more under their belt in terms of stuff that they've proven in the playoffs than you do the Sixers. They they are still five out of thirty teams. You know, expected to win the championship or expected to contend for it. That's still top tier. Don't get greedy. It's not egregious. I think they're right where they should be. All right. I hear you. I hear you. Digits, I want to come to you because I'm a little nervous about what ET's got to say. I think it might be more in line with JJ, but Digits, what are we thinking about this one? Um, you know, I do think it's a little, I do think it's a little, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go egregious because we are kind of splitting hairs here. But, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't really think – the. I mean, the Jazz definitely not, right? Like, I think we can all agree that the Jazz probably not. And I might be – you know, it might be a little hot take here, but what have the Bucks really done? Like, have the Bucks shown enough of, of getting – the Bucks have made one conference finals in the past three years. Do they, do they deserve the you, benefit of you, the doubt have, over the six years? Have you played oh, this year? Give it to me. Let them have it. Let them have it. I got that one. Uh, I'm just saying, in terms in terms of betting odds, this this is a this is a year to year thing. This is not supposed to take into past year's performance into account. I understand the Bucks have a pretty good roster, but the Sixers have been ahead of them all year. I, I'm just saying that I think that you can take contention with that. The, the Lakers and Nets, no issues here. I'm I'm putting my money on those two before I'm putting my money on the Sixers. But I think that I think that you can easily make the case that the Sixers should have the third highest odds. <sighs> So, first and first, the Bucs have went further in the playoffs with the core of their roster than the Sixers have. Mm. The Sixers can't get out of the second round with the core of players on their roster. And their head coach, you almost want them to be behind in series because he can't win when they're ahead. <laughs> he can't win series when they're up 3-1. You want them to be 2-2 or 1-3 for them to have a shot. You want them to have to come back to win because for some reason when he's got the lead, it ain't safe. That said, everybody knows, everybody knows that the Lakers and the Nets, when healthier, are the two top-tier teams you're going to have to go through. The only one I would argue is that the Jazz, because the Jazz are just like the Sixers. They're a team that plays decent in the regular season, gets in the postseason and fizzles. Mm -hmm. That's true. For some reason, they've turned it up this year. I don't know if it's Bogdanovich, maybe Conley getting more acclimated to the offense, even though he's been hurt. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell's just taking a step up. Gobert's kind of getting out of his own way. I don't know what it is, but they're playing on another level. Can they be beaten the playoffs? Absolutely. I don't think they get past Phoenix, to be honest with you. I think Phoenix is more of a championship-caliber team because everywhere Chris Paul yep. goes, he makes that team better. Everywhere Chris Paul goes, he gets them deep in the postseason. Everywhere Chris Paul goes, he elevates the players of all the guys around him. That said, I would take Utah Jackson and put the Phoenix Suns ahead of the Sixers only because of the fact that Chris Paul is quietly having a better MVP season than probably just about anybody other than Nikola Jokic. And that's JJ, I don't want this to come across as a dig at you because I know this is your squad, but you you can't you can't bring up the fact that the Sixers choke in the playoffs and then say Chris Paul is the reason that the Suns should have better championship odds than the Sixers because what is Chris Paul famous for? 
Never making it past the second round except one time with the Rockets. And granted, they probably should have had that Golden State series, but Chris Paul has been a career underperformer has, in the playoffs. How, how many of those series did Chris Paul play fully healthy through the entire playoffs? None of them. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't know. You're not going to give me Ian Peter point. Simmons fully healthy first series. I'm to not giving you Chris point, Paul. To Max's point, I don't know if that does matter, but he he, he hasn't played any of them, any of them healthy. But but here's All I know is the healthy Chris Paul gets past Golden State with the Clippers. With the Clippers, he gets and the Rockets, it. and the Rockets, and the Rockets, and the Rockets. But but oh, my, you're, but you're my, criticizing my coach for for choking those series leads with the Clippers. What about the point guard and the star player for those teams? When you're up three one, the players did their job. When the coach doesn't know how to oh, make, oh no no no, you got to close out. You got to close out that series. No way the players done their job. Paul George. Paul George. Paul George. Paul George and Kawhi both disappeared in Game Seven series. last year. Huh? Paul, if you want to, Paul George and Kawhi both disappeared in Game Seven last year. Players got to win a fourth game in the series until their job's done. Job's Kawhi, not done. Kawhi Leonard is a championship MVP, two-time, who's won chips everywhere he's been, and he disappeared in Game Seven against the Nuggets last year. Fact. fact. That's a fact. He disappeared against Nuggets in Game Seven, just like Paul George. Your players need to win four games in a series. If your coach gets you up three to one, I would say it's even more on the players because you have such a, a huge advantage. Well, while we're on the subject, while we're on the subject, while we're on the subject of the Clippers, why don't you, why don't y'all be be grateful that you have better odds to win the NBA championship right now than the Clippers? Because as we're talking about them, the Clippers might be the hottest team in basketball. And as I'm looking at the graphic, you currently have better odds to win the championship than the Clippers right now. I think a lot of that is because of the fact that there's insignificant point guard play. You got to have a point guard playoff. You can't win without one. Uh, Every uh, team has you talk about Rondo, Rondo now. Rondo, Ray, Rondo, Rondo's about to do for them exactly what he did for the Lakers last year. Yeah, but Rondo's coming off the bench. But Rondo's coming off the bench, splitting time with Pat Beverly. Like, what are we talking about here? Uh, like, you know, but you know the foolishness stops Jackson. in the playoffs. You know, you know the foolishness stops in the playoffs. You know, you know. I'm not arguing that. What I'm saying is, Chris. I'm not. What I'm saying is, Rajon Rondo hasn't shown you enough this year to show you that he's capable of running a playoff run and putting a guy like Reggie Jackson who's actually looking pretty decent this year on the bench in favor of him because you know Ronald's not going to give you any score. Uh, the bubble wasn't too long ago. The, the bubble doesn't doesn't carry any cachet anymore. The, but he, he came in and ran the Lakers offense. Eh, bubble was like a year ago and guys were playing in a monster. Yes, thank you. Bubble, oh, bubble, Mickey oh, Mouse playoffs. I mean, listen, Jamal Murray looked like he should have been a Hall of Famer coming off the bubble. Yep. That man didn't even make an all-star game this year. Now, Gentlemen, gentlemen, like I, I gotta take, I, I gotta take. I'm just gonna throw it out real quick, and then we're all uh, transition to the next question. Ugh. I think the Lakers are cooked this year, folks. Like, I really, really do. I'm through. I don't care. I don't I'm care through. if LeBron comes back. Anthony Davis Stop. ain't full strength. Stop. LeBron James ain't gonna be full strength, no matter Stop. what they say. I think the Lakers are cooked. It's just real. But Josh, Josh, before before he sits on the roster, seventy percent is better than every sixer on the roster. Everyone. But but before Josh, before you try to before you try to say a crazy take and slide on out to the next question because you're not slick, you don't have to stand up. You have to stand up to the take. But before you do that, it's a it's real convenient for someone who can't wait to doubt the Lakers to to pick now to say I think they're cooked. It's real convenient to say that. But but I don't care what seed they're in. When when LeBron comes back and they get fully healthy, there's not a there's there's. There's not a team that goes toe-to-toe with that. Like, until they see the Brooklyn Nets, there's not a team that I am confident enough to beat the Lakers. I don't care what a game is. I don't care what a game is. 
never told him away. This is LeBron James. LeBron doesn't care about play-ins. He doesn't care about any of that. LeBron James in the playoffs. They're going to mop the first round, and then they're going to sit there and get ready to really start playing basketball in round two. I don't know. LeBron sounds pretty worried about this playing. I don't know. Did you watch? Did you listen to AD last night? He's like, he'll be fine. We'll be and, fine. By way, we'll be, and by the way, they beat those one seeded sons. We we're not talking about that. I mean, a bomb on them yesterday. We can go ahead. I've also watched full strength AD getting, uh, you know, knocked around by Embiid every single time the two of those have met. So I'll just. But, I'll doesn't matter. This is giving you six, three, and two in a game. What no, does uh-huh. four matter? Well, hey, we'll, we'll see the. When your number two, when your number two superstar gives you single digits in every category, what difference does it matter what your star does? Because LeBron's going to pick him up. No, no, I'm no look. I'm not going to defend Ben Simmons right now for scoring five three two. And also, I'm not having this conversation because if these two teams are meeting, it's in the finals. And Et, you'll come back on for the finals edition episode, and we can rehash. I'll come, I'll come back in game six when the Sixers are down three two, looking at a closeout, yeah. and LA's sending them home. Mm-hmm. Yes, book it. I'll see you then. But this brings us uh, this brings us to a question that I've been thinking for the last couple of weeks, and it's been amplified by this LeBron James injury, this Anthony Davis injury, Brooklyn Nets having you know Harden going down, not starting this. Uh, it's just been a mess. I I think the playoffs are wide open. And I think the Sixers may be getting disrespected a little bit with the fifth in the odds. But, JJ, I think you bring up a really good point. They're ahead of the Clippers. We didn't talk about the Clippers until you brought it up. So I'm feeling like this is an extremely wide open playoffs. Now, E.T., I want to come right back to you on this because you you seem very high on the Lakers. Are you feeling like this is a wide open playoffs or are you looking at the Nets and Lakers like like they're already – they got the fast track of the finals? Before LeBron went down, I said it was the Lakers championship to lose. Once LeBron went down and you started to see the emergence of teams like the Nuggets, you started to see how consistent the Jazz were playing. You start to see Phoenix, who's really playing well. I think that Monty Williams deserves every accolade as coach of the year. He should get it hands down, not even close. You know, you see teams like that. Um, you, you figure the West is probably a lot more wide open than the East. I, I'm going to say there's probably four, maybe five teams that could come out. Even Portland is always a dark horse because Dame Tom is a real thing. You know, mm-hmm. You got five teams in the West that could legitimately represent in the finals, and nobody would be super shocked. Mm-hmm. The East is a little different. I've literally got it as a three-team race. It's the Sixers, the Bucks, or the Nets. It's only one of those three that's going to be coming out of the East. I don't see anybody else strong enough. I think Charlotte is a great story. Warms your heart. That's beautiful. The Celtics just lost Jalen Brown for the year. They're done. They they probably need to fire Brad Stevens anyway. Um, I don't even really know who else is there, nor does it really matter. The Hawks, the Knicks, the Knicks, another feel good, warm your heart story, but, but there's realistic, yeah, there's there's limitations to it. One, right? I mean, nobody else is a serious contender outside Mm -hmm. of those teams, but the West is where it's going to be really interesting. That wild, wild West is something to watch. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's that's one. That's two votes now for being the most wide open playoffs we've seen. Digits, what are you thinking? Excuse me, just had to mute to sneeze really quick. Always good timing. Um, but I mean, I, I agree. I, I think you know. I think the East is, you know, the East is is not very fun to talk about. If it's not the Sixers, the Bucks, or the Nets, I think the whole world would be shocked, to put it mildly. So I think we'll just we'll just leave the East to rest. Um, the West, and I, I agree with ET. I mean, I, I've been I've been on the Lakers all year preseason. You know, all the way up until the LeBron injury. It's it still feels hard to root against them if LeBron is playing in the playoffs. Um, 
you know, may, maybe if his injury is still not fully healed, maybe he'll start to, to wear down and only be able to play 38 minutes a game instead of, you know, all, all of them. So it, it, that that's really the biggest question mark to me, because even if LeBron plays, who are the teams that can take down a healthy Lakers team? Like that have a, a real chance to do so. I think the Clippers, I think the Suns, in the West, in, in the West, West, in the West, it's it's the Clippers and then it stops. That's yeah, it. Yeah, really, you don't you don't give the Suns. I don't, any I don't even trust the Nuggets. Nuggets could have an MVP. I give the Suns a pseudo chance just because Chris Paul might be able to match up intellectually with LeBron. But but even in terms of just just dominance on the court, like who, the Suns have nobody for AD. Not not a mere soul for LeBron and AD. Not a mere that, soul. That is a problem for sure. So, uh, so I, I think I think like that like, I think the Suns could draw it out and maybe maybe you know steal a game seven at home kind of deal. I think the Clippers would be the biggest you know the biggest you know foe to the Lakers in the West, but they might not even have a chance to match up. So I think the West is the crazy thing with the West is that by this time, if we had this exact same conversation next week all the seedings could be totally different one through six or one through seven even. And, and we would have to just totally scrap this conversation and, and mm-hmm. restart from the ground up. So I think it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see who ends up in the, in the play-in because you know, if it's, if it's the Lakers, that that's a huge issue for them having to play those extra games, especially, you know, immediately when the season's done, maybe not even having that extra day off that, that other playoff teams would. Did you? It sounded like you were a little bit, uh, a little more on the Lakers there. So why, G? I've been on them all year, and it's, it's just, it's hard to commit to them right now because, you know, they, they have not been playing great. They had a great set of wins. But you know the what's Suns, in there, but- Max? I'm, I'm at the same spot because I go back and forth with Josh to answer the question: with, yeah, is this ahead. the most wide open? Because even in the conversations we're having today, what we find ourselves saying, yeah, but if, if, when the Lakers are at full strength, what, what? What, what is anybody really going to do about it? See, I mean, I, sorry, I just think we've been like, we've been conditioned to believe this, right? I mean, because there, there's a reason for that. LeBron James just said, I don't feel the same. Like, and maybe he's just trying to hype that up. And, and, and play what did he say? What he, LeBron at 70% is better than 99.9%. Of, he don't got to be at 100%. And they still could be title favorites. I disagree with that. don't got to be at 100%. Not at age 36. Maybe at age 29. Not at age 36. I'm, that's not taking anything away from LeBron James. But, but LeBron and AD, both not at 100%. That raises red flags for me, especially when you see them potentially playing in the play-in game. I think it's 100% the most wide open. I wouldn't be shocked if now I'm not, I don't think the Lakers are going to lose first round. That's not what I'm saying. I would, I just also wouldn't be shocked if you one of the top three seeds in the West losing the first round, which really would really blow the, the whole Jazz are susceptible up. to it. We already said the, the Jazz, Jazz are, the yep. are, are susceptible to it for sure. Did you see Anthony Davis last night against the Suns? That boy looked 100%. Him. That man looks like he's ready to go. There was nothing wrong I mean, with Anthony, Anthenny Davis. 42. 42 on somebody. Yeah. 42 and 16, I think. He went crazy last night. I watched yeah. that game. 42 and 16, he's fine. Talk about not AD, not 100%. He's fine. And the way he was speaking about LeBron makes me think that he knows when he goes by. LeBron is rusted. He's fine. He's fine. And the one thing to keep in mind really quick is, remember, they're starting on a season where they didn't get a full traditional offseason mm-hmm. to rest. They Good played call. late into the year and then jumped right back into another season. They got so a rest mid-season, yeah. LeBron didn't get to go sit in a hyperbolic chamber for three and a half months and recharge his batteries like he normally does. He had to come right back ready to play. You know, so all of that takes a wear and tear. And keep in mind, LeBron got more miles on his body than the 92 Buick Scholar. So <laughs> you got to have a little time to catch up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to 
time. It take a little while to guy. You can't be out there just rabbit start. You gotta let it warm up a little bit. But 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 with 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 those hitches and the giddy up, that could happen at the wrong time. I think that's what that's what levels the playing field is. This is the most this is the most human we've ever seen LeBron James. So that's the only reason why the Lakers aren't overwhelming favorites. Exactly. So so to that point, there's there it's a weird way you can kind of play both sides of this coin because give the Lakers full strength. No, I don't legitimately like I wouldn't bet on anybody else winning the championship, to be honest. But the, they got but, Schroeder and they got Marcus Morris. But but the but the fact that they go as far as LeBron James goes, if he does blow a tire or if he's not able to give that extra oomph in a fourth quarter or something, then that that makes them vulnerable. There, there's a there's a kink in the armor, and then after that, it's any after that it's up for grabs. After that, I believe anybody of the contenders can go and get it. And that's what, I mean, that's or, what it comes or, down or, to, though. I mean, if if you don't like, like I believe that's what's gonna happen. Like, like you said, he's he's got miles on him. I think at a certain point, you see the miles start taking a toll. I think we see it. But hey, I've been saying about Tom Brady too, and JJ knows a thing or two about that one. But anyways, yeah, all right. I don't know why I gave you that. Credit I don't know why. I'm, so I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Et officer over there has nightmares <laughs> about Tom. Oh, Listen, I'm just glad he's out of the AFC East. I don't really care where he does now. Last, last I just owned your whole state instead of just your division. <laughs> last Sixers question here, gentlemen. Now, I mean, we, we've been talking about it with LeBron, and, and it's certainly not just LeBron and the Lakers. It's just been everyone. We've heard it. I don't need to rehash it. The long story short, though, is the Sixers, so many of these matchups they've played against these top-seeded teams have been not against the full-strength team. And the regular season is not at all – the postseason. Now, Digits, you tell me, are you feeling concerned and, and are you feeling a bit like worried that the Sixers may not quite be tested enough going to the playoffs? Because they've faced a lot of these top teams with their star players out. I'll say this. this that group is very confident in themselves, and I think that they've shown that if, if they play their way, that they can hang with anybody. Mm-hmm. With that being said, every time we've talked about the Sixers this year, or maybe every other time, they got done playing a big game against the, the Nets or, or against, you know, another top-tier team, but it's always been the Nets. I feel like every time they – well, it literally has been. Every time they've played the Nets this year, the Nets have been undermanned one which way, shape, or form. And I think that the, the biggest positive you can take out of this situation is, is that since the Sixers have been able to, A, gel faster than Milwaukee with their new roster and, B, stay healthier than the Nets, this one seed is going to be huge because they're going to have the opportunity – to watch the two and three seed, which at this point is the Nets and the Bucks, battle it out in a second round series, which is probably going to go seven. And you have a lot of time to to analyze that tape and figure out what the other teams are doing. If you win your second round series, if if you win your second round series, you got We're going with the expectation here. We all said that we think it's a three horse race, and if we think it's a three horse race, the Sixers have have an open lane on the left side. Okay. Yeah, they're they're going to beat the Hawks or the Knicks, but yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but, you know, if we're talking about how the regular season and the postseason matchup, we played the Hawks and the Knicks and the Hornets and the the Bulls and the Pacers. We played all that full strength and we washed the floor with them. So maybe it is pretty easy for me just to to look over this. So I'm going to say this. I think that the one seed this year is 
it, you know, it's always important, but the fact that you're a one seed in a three horse race and you make the other two horses, you know, battle for your enjoyment and for your, you know, for your competitive gain. I think that's going to be maybe the biggest difference that can get this team to the finals because, you know, maybe they're not as talented top to bottom that, as the Nets or the Bucks, but, you know, sports is not all about the teams on paper. So I, I think that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fun either way. I'm ready for the postseason. I'm, I'm done with these, with these, these games where I watch Tyrese Maxey and Matisse for 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. It's fun. But they blow leads a lot, and they they worry me. I'm ready to get to the games where it's all sport <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Et. So, so, yeah. Go ahead. So a couple things. First things first. I tell people all the time that sports is a lot like the game of chess. You see it in football a lot, where guys try to outthink coaches, try to outthink the other coach. Sometimes to a detriment. It's also true of basketball. Steve Nash has a brilliant offensive mind. He has great assistant coaches around him. If you don't think it's strategic that he would sit intentionally, Kevin Durant against the Sixers mm-hmm. or play him against uh-huh. the Bulls. The night before. The night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's doing it because it's a lot like watching preseason football in the NFL. The coach is not going to show you what he's actually going to run against you when he knows he's going to have to see you. He's going to give you just enough to make you think, yeah, get that false of security, beat me when it doesn't matter, and then I'll mop you when it does. Nobody has seen Brooklyn at full strength with their three-headed monster clicking on cylinders. You will in the playoffs. And what he doesn't want to do is have Harden and KD and Kyrie all play in a game that means absolutely nothing when they know they're going to see them later on down the road. And then he can unveil whatever offensive skill sets that they have and whatever sort of offensive flow that they've got that the Sixers aren't going to be prepared for because they have no tape on it. That's my thing. That said, I agree that the Sixers will probably get to sit there and watch the Bucks and the Nets battle it out. That's fine. But the team I would be worried about if I'm the Sixers, and mark my words, if they get to them, it's going to be a series, the Washington Wizards. Hmm. And here's why. Brody is playing on another level right now. If Washington gets the eight seed and you got to guard Beal and Brody? They were left for dead two months ago. And somehow they're going to make the playoffs. And that's because Russell Westbrook has been playing out of his mind. And I am the biggest and first person to say Russell Westbrook is a gun. He's a hired gun. Everywhere he goes, he makes nobody better. But the one thing I gave him credit for with these triple doubles and these crazy numbers he's throwing up is not only is he getting these stats, but they're winning. Mm -hmm. They're beating good teams. They're not beating the Orlando Magics and, you know, the Detroit Pistons of the world every night. They just went out and beat the Indiana Pacers who are ahead of them in playoff seating. So what I'm telling you is if you give them a Russell Westbrook who's laser locked in and focused and a Bill who we know can light the Sixers up for 50 ball, it can be a series. It's not going to be a walkthrough. And they'll trade off and B can go half 38 and 20. That's fine. Okay, cool. Who else is going to score? Who else do you trust when you got to guard Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill? Simmons can only guard one of them. And Brody going to get his shots no matter what. He going to get to the rack no matter what. Nobody's standing in front of him. So that would be the one series if I said don't take them lightly. I'm not saying they won't beat them, but don't sleep on them. It's not going to be a four or five. It'll be six. I'm already about to say they're going to make them work for it. They're going to make them work for it. You getting 80, you getting you getting 70 to 80 points a night from Brad Bill and Brody alone. That makes it a battle. That mm-hmm. makes it a battle. So, hey, yeah, they sit there and watch the Bucks and the Nets fight, but they got to fight on their hands too. Mhm. I like that pull too. I thought you were going to go down the avenue of the heat. I was surprised when you said the Wizards at first. And then they shot their load last year. 
in the Mickey Mouse bubble where uh, nothing really made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with they shot. They're they're almost in the same spot they were last year. I don't know if they shot their load as much as this. Tyler Hero was out there looking like Jerry West, and now he's out there looking like. Jerry but he Stein. was, but he was doing this for the regular season last year. <laughs> but he was doing this for the regular season last year. The tournament, nah, Jerry West, he didn't turn into a superstar and got into that Miami life and wants to party with the girls all day instead of focusing on ball. That's mm. why he's been. Yeah, too busy with Jack Harlow and the and the ladies over in Miami to be. He tied down. Yeah, he got season. himself a nice. He got himself a nice little woman. He tied you know they traded for Nemanja Bajoka from the from the Kings and he doesn't even get a minute on the floor. That's crazy to me. Because he was a solid double-double guy. Right. He was a nice Boris D outside who could fit the role and get in there and give you a little bit of everything. He don't even hit the floor. That tells you something's wrong with chemistry here. Jimmy J, what are your thoughts on the Sixers tested and how it's going to affect them in playoffs? I mean, should they be worried? Hell yeah. They absolutely yeah, should be worried. I um, I, it's, it's, and it's the worry is very much warranted. And E.T. said it all. Like, them them sitting Kevin Durant, and then when Kevin Durant goes out, James Harden goes and misses what? He's missed the last two to three weeks with, with a hamstring strain, something that all you got to do is stretch it out in the locker room. You could go, big boy. Like, uh, so I think I, this, this is definitely – calculated in terms of what Steve Nash and the Nets are doing. And if you're the Sixers, it's got to worry you because James Harden said it best. He doesn't believe that anyone can beat them four times in a week. It's not a one-off playoff. And I think the Sixers would be so much more confident if you haven't seen the Nets, but I only got to go out and beat them one time. So they have to try to put all this together in one game to try to figure it all out, match up with us and beat us. And you might get a game or two or three against the Nets, but you got to beat them four times before they beat you four times. And that's going to be so tough when you're adjusting on the fly, when you have to watch game one, play them, and then try to go and adjust to it and write a game plan for it for game two. Meanwhile, they're adapting as they go. They're they're getting better against you in the series as they go, and you're just trying to get them away from the yeah, say it again. They've seen your full strength. Exactly. And you're just now seeing it. And they've seen you time after time after time again. And not only that, the Nets along the season have revamped. Added pieces like Blake Griffin. And y'all are lucky LaMarcus Aldridge decided to hang him up. That's just someone else that you had to deal with in the fold, too. We talked about that episode episodes, episodes ago. But but LaMarcus Aldridge in the playoffs would have given a bunch of people headaches. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so the Sixers absolutely should be worried, and that's just one team that they got to be worried about. I know they played the Bucks at full strength, but they haven't played PJ Tucker in them. They haven't played the new, new, new look Bucks. That's just another team that they have yet to play in their final form. So they're like they're, they're sitting pretty, pretty, you know, sitting pretty at the one you know what not right now. But there are definitely reasons to be concerned if you're the Sixers. It's not you know you have to see all the teams at their full strength at some point. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I think they are getting disrespected in the, in the championship odds, but like I, I can still say that, and also turn around and say I'd feel much better if some of these wins against the, uh, you know, the Nets came with all those guys. The, these games, the, the games against the Nuggets, were played with both teams at full strength. You know, I just there's so many questions I have still. Going to the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Cause for concern. I'm not smacking any panic buttons, but I'm afraid the Sixers might get popped in the face a little bit, like you were saying, JJ, and playing catch up from game one as opposed to setting the tone. Mm-hmm. Now, big Sixers episode so far. We're coming in the home stretch. I'm sure next week we'll be going full on playoff preview mode. But there's been a lot of talks about the Philadelphia Eagles lately and a pretty polarizing 
topic as well. Two guys the Eagles have been linked to within this past week by pretty reputable sources, mind you. Please, please let me go first. The two, JJ, I will. I'll let you go first. You, you really wanted it, so I'll let you go first. You know what? Is there any fire to the smoke surrounding Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson's names being connected to the Philadelphia Eagles? JJ, what do we got? I almost can't speak. I'm so fr- I'm so I'm so mad. I'm so first of all, why do y'all think you're some hot commodity destination right now? Like what why do y'all think what why do you think two of the premier quarterbacks who can decide their destination if they get traded want to go to y'all? What why? What like what 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 makes you think that and then reputable Reputable sources, ET. I don't know what what social media world you live in, but since you're the other non-Eagles fans on the show, what, who's talking about the Eagles getting Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers? Not a damn person. Not a damn person. Nobody. Not a damn person. And and the reason why I'm so mad, OG. Let me tell you, is because I cited Ian Rappaport one day, a a reputable, verified source, and I got mocked for it because you can't believe rap sheet. So so what 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 Joe Blow from around the block set this out on Twitter and got y'all biting at it? Are you kidding me? Shut it all the way down. That's the reason I wanted to go first, because shut it all the way down. Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers ain't coming to Philadelphia. Don't, 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 even, get people, don't even get people. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Come on. Don't we, even get people. Uh, number one no, right? All sorts of gas if you think that Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, one of them, even got Philadelphia typed into their Google search, let alone coming to play football here. Get out of here, man. Just two things, JJ. Real quick, before, before we move on, I want to answer both of the questions that you asked. I'm hot. Go ahead. The, the, the answer is Peter King. Peter King is the, the writer who is fanning this flame right now. So there's your answer. Good morning, football. Thing. Peter King? I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I didn't mm. – Go ahead. Peter King. Peter King's looking for some filler content. Yeah, I don't, know, like, I don't know what he's doing, but he don't mean that. I, I mean, I'll say this. I'll say this in defense of Josh's question. When the when the whole Deshaun Watson thing first broke, there were some. You know, the Eagles were floated out there because we we've been known to make crazy moves, and this is a weird situation. Uh, whoever I think it is, I think the Aaron Rodgers thing must be a Barry McCockin or must you know that must be a, an exclusive. Someone playing around because with that is just that is some malarkey, Josh. I, I don't am. know who you're following on Twitter, buddy, but I have not seen. Who says yes to that? Who who says yes to that? Not a who says no. Who says yes to that from any side? What do you all got? What do you all got besides a whole bunch of draft picks? You know, throw five first round picks at either one of these teams over at six. Well, that's that's the thing because it's like, listen, I don't want it to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm out here just saying the Eagles have three first round picks next year, and if the Packers' option are either get three first round picks or let this guy retire, there is a legitimate discussion there. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, nor do I want it to happen. I'm just telling you the rationale. So I'll chime in and say this. The Miami Dolphins had the absolute best chance and the most assets to offer for Deshaun Watson because we could put Tua, Byron Jones, and two ones together and go get a top five quarterback. And we laid off of it. Why? Because we're trusting our process and building our team the right way. The reason why Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson would never play for the Eagles is the same reason Pat Mahomes will never leave Kansas City. The team that they're on is better than the team that they would go to. 
Carolina is a team with an offensive line that loves him to an Eagles team that can't protect him. He would come behind a team with a running back that can't stay healthy versus a running back who was top five in the NFL and go play with receivers that can't catch football passes further than me and you can throw versus Devontae Adams, who's top three in the NFL. There's no logic in the reason as to why Aaron Rodgers would say yes to anything that involves him coming here. I don't care who you put out there. You could have gave him the, uh, the Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith, and he would have still said no. You know why? Because Aaron Rodgers owns Green Bay. He comes to Philly. He don't own Philly. He would get a pass, but he knows how this media works. And Green Bay, they love him. They let that man go do Jeopardy and everybody watched. Mm-hmm, he could be in Philadelphia and not be a part of every sports talk show getting crushed, talking about he should have been working in the offseason with the receivers and all sort of nonsense. That said, the only reason Deshaun Watson hasn't moved, and I've said this, the whole scandal with all the little women and the creepy touching and stuff. First of all, if you read the messages that were posted on social media and released, none of it was illegal. Creepy, yes, but none of it was illegal. None, none of it was criminal. I'll give a pass. He was a little bit creepy with it. You know, creepy. Yeah, but not illegal. Nothing that's going to warrant the man going to jail, which is why you haven't heard a single person bringing federal charges against There's that no man. Evidence, huh? they, they haven't received any evidence against him yet. It, so, it's, uh, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors to drive down the value so teams don't want him because they don't want the political hit. Let's be honest. He's a black quarterback. He'd be going to a team somewhere where they probably would frown on the fact that he has women touching on him. They're not going to like it. The only person who's ever gotten a pass for stuff like that is Ben Roethlisberger. Anybody, and he actually was charged with some creepy stuff, okay? Nobody else has actually done that stuff and got the pass. I mean, Michael Vick was getting crucified for dog. I can't imagine what Deshaun Watson would get done in this city with the charges held against him that people are putting out there. That said, I think Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans are at an impasse. I don't think he stays there much longer. I think they're going to trade him at some point. If he's smart, he just sits out the whole year and lets them stink because – I mean, he signed a contract. He's going to get most of his money anyway, but there's no reason for him to play behind a team that doesn't have any talent around him with a coach that's not going to help him win. He doesn't want to be there. Let him go. You let J.J. Watt walk for nothing. You could trade him and get a decent package, but they don't want to. The fact that the lawyer behind that is the same guy who's friends with the owner says all you need to know about the fact that where the smoke is fire. Anybody saying anything else is not paying attention to the tea leaves. All of that aside, I don't see the Eagles making a trade for him. I don't see the Eagles giving up what it would take to get Aaron Rodgers. Now, if this was the Eagles team of 2017, they had a chance to trade Carson Wentz for Aaron Rodgers back when Wentz had value and they still had a championship team, I'd say that would have been a trade they would have done. But this team, no, listen, I could go to Central High School and I'd like the varsity team of Central High over the Eagles right now. Right now. No cap. MOTEP. MOTEP. I just called the MOTEP. I'll take, I'll take MOTEP or Northeast over, over, over one of them. Give me the points. Give me the points. I like them. <laughs> Right, listen, here's the thing, though. I just wanted to say this about Rodgers because, E.T., I, I love what you said about Deshaun Watson, but why, I feel like you're acting like Aaron Rodgers wants to play in Green Bay still. He doesn't want to play in Green Bay, but here's the thing. He knows that he's under contract for a few more years. They're not going to let him walk unless they want him to walk. He has no leverage to get out of there, just like Deshaun Watson. The difference is Deshaun Watson's 25, Aaron Rodgers is plus 35. That's the only difference. Teams would give a boatload for Deshaun Watson. Only teams is going to trade for Aaron Rodgers or teams in positions to win now, like my Miami Dolphins. I wouldn't be mad if we traded two and two ones for Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't. But then I'm also the same guy who wants Deshaun Watson, too, who gives you a franchise quarterback for the next decade. I screamed all along we should have got Justin Herbert. We passed on him in sub two. I said, okay. Then we saw Herbert light the world up and Tua struggle and stink and Fitzmagic have to save him three times. Now I'm at a place where it's like, listen, if you can go get one of these elite quarterbacks who don't come out very often, 
you go and you get him. Because a guy like Aaron Rodgers in Miami makes them a Super Bowl contender. A guy like Deshaun Watson in Miami makes them a Super Bowl contender. A guy like Deshaun Watson in Philadelphia takes them from seven and nine or seven and ten. Oh, as and a seven and ten is so generous. I'm 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 seven, five and twelve. Oh, on nine and eight. Like they get two wins better because of how good he is. But at the end of the day, they're not a championship team. Same with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers might get them 10 wins. But are they going to beat any of the creme de la creme? Are they going to beat the Rams, who traded for Matt Stafford, who's a huge upgrade over Jared Goff? No. Are they even better than the Seattle Seahawks? No. And, like, and here's the thing. Here's do? Josh, here's what maybe you and apparently Peter King doesn't understand, which I'm baffled, by the way, because you want to talk about an OG uh, in, the, in the broadcast journalism game. There's, there's Peter King. But what you guys both don't understand is that you're in the middle of a rebuild, a, a, a stripping down and building back up. So I never stripping down and building back up. Well, no, but but you're over here. But you're over here saying, "What if we threw? We have three first round picks. What if we put them together? That's your future. That's what you're. That's what you're using to build. To and you're going to need a whole, whole lot in the next three years. A whole, whole lot. A, a whole lot. And no move you could make right now. If Aaron Rodgers isn't, isn't the guy, there's like two or three other people who maybe could be it. But there's no move right now that makes you a title contender. There's a move that ET says gets you a little bit better, but then just puts you in the middle of the first round in no man's land. Why would you want to be there? So you have to – it is build time. Those draft picks probably shouldn't go anywhere but to be utilized in the draft next year. No, I, no JJ, I 100% agree. I just think that there might be some fire to this smoke in the sense where let's not forget about the guy who's the general manager and how crazy he is. I don't think either of these guys are coming here, but I do think phone calls were made from Howie Roseman regarding these two names in some capacity. There's also power in the players. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson maybe because he doesn't have any power, but Aaron Rodgers actually does have the power to go to Green Bay and say, here, if you do, I don't want to be here, and here's the, there's a list of teams that I'm going to play for next year. You trade me and anybody else, I'm sitting down. Like He, he has the ability to do that. So Or the, or the leverage and the cachet to do that. Deshaun Watson may be a little bit too young and unproven, to be able to do that, but Aaron Rodgers has that ability, and Philadelphia isn't on that short list. Any other, any other piece to that too, in terms of Harry Roseman to circle back? Harry Roseman is the same guy who perennially has missed in the draft. So let's go back. Everybody thinks Harry Roseman had a great draft because he got Devontae Smith by trading now, trading up, getting the extra pick. I'll give him credit for that. He made that a first round move. It was a great first round move. Does anybody really know any tape on the rest of the people that they really picked up? Being honest, no, they're shaky. No. They're shaky picks. They're shaky picks. The rest of the, I mean, their they're second round pick is a guy who couldn't stay healthy. Devonte Smith. What he did was essentially make Jalen Rager better because now Jalen Rager doesn't have to be the guy. He can be the true number two slot guy that he wasn't last year. Stop. You guys go. You guys go to Florida and talk about your teams. All right. I'm yeah, we're getting way off topic here. Yeah, we're, we're going backwards in time talking about the Eagles draft. I can't do yeah, it. Come on. Come oh, on. Sorry. Yeah. I wasn't privy to that show. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't here. He wasn't here though. He wasn't. No, I, here wasn't I wasn't here either. I'm just. I'm just hearing slander after slander after slander. And it's not like that's a, a crazy question from a crazy. Yeah, Josh, you, you're reading what no you're on this one. You don't. You don't get the benefit of the doubt. Like, like, but this crazy question from this crazy headline, and I had to hear show after show after show how I can't believe Ian Rappaport because of his stuff. And I see this on the script. I purposely left it. So well, I, I guess, get I guess Peter King's on the black. If we can't trust, if we can't trust Ian Rappaport, Peter King, who for the show now.
Like who who can we trust out here then? Shefty. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's pretty true. Well, gentlemen, that's gonna wrap up our main event for today. And our main event going into halftime. This is all brought to you by our proud media's partner at phlsportsnation.com. Go check us out on there and check out any Philly news you want. You know, they, they got all the four sports. They got the Philadelphia Union. I'm sure if our beloved Philadelphia soul were back out there, they'd be covering them too. So go check us out on phlsportsnation.com. And while you're there, go check out all the other content they have on that website. Now, gentlemen, we're going to move right on to our rapid fire segment. We're going to, you know, you guys know how it works. We got ET in the building. He's a veteran of the program. Now, folks, we kind of went through the main event without talking about the Phillies because since we've talked about them last, there's been ups, there have been downs. Now, the question I got to ask is if this team, which uh, they're either first or second currently, the NL East is so weird, but let's say you know they, they drop off, they make the full drop off. What would be their Achilles heel be this season? And did just I want to come to you with this one first. If they fall out of playoff Thank contention, what's going to be the reason? It's the closer. It's not even the bull, the whole bullpen this year. They are blowing a game out of every three leads that they have. They're blowing a game late. It's always late. It's never. I mean, I'm not going to say it's never. Their bullpen hasn't been best in the league, but they're. It's not. It's not a continuous meltdown from inning six through nine anymore. It feels like Naris is. Is is maybe you know that has the hottest seat in the whole world in terms of job security right now. I I I, I want to say I can't imagine they're not looking, but this ownership has shown a propensity to not be too aggressive. So I'm just going to say that I hope that they are actively looking at and evaluating all possible solutions to this problem because you know if you're even if you shore that number up by. You know, not even half. Shit, give me, give me a forty percent increase on that. Even that's, two, even if that's two games out of every five, you're not blown. That is enough to get this team a division title. They're, they're, they're barely over five hundred right now. They'd have a, com they would have a comfortable lead with two less blown saves. They'd have, a, they'd have a three game lead already, and that's, that's enough to start building on when you're in early May. You can, you can blow that open by the end of this month if you keep playing well. It sounds, it sounds a little bit far fetched, but if you're telling me you're up six games in your division after two months, are you not comfortably ahead? Oh, that's, that's not the part I'm cocking my head at. That's not the part. Of the, you gotta leave my man Heck alone. My man Hector Neris is is you know what I mean. Like let, let 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 let's calm down. God, I wish him all the best, but he's stinking it up. All, all those blown, all the blown leads are not Hector's fault. Or they're not all of him. So I'm gonna piggyback off of that and say Hector Neris has a two ERA and has converted six out of eight yeah. save opportunities. Yeah, he been alright. The problem is they're missing Archie Bradley, the big acquisition that they got in the offseason. Yeah. Archie Bradley was the guy supposed to come in here and take that job and give them that security. Now Naris is forced into a role he's uncomfortable. That's the problem with the team. You need a it's the same issue they had a couple years ago when they went and signed David Robertson for like 35 million for three years and the man threw six innings and never pitched again. Like when, when the guys you go out and get in the offseason to fix the problem, don't come in and play. They have to come in and play and play well. You know, the one thing I'll say about Papelbon, granted, people hated Papelbon, but when he came in, he came in and he played. You know, Brad Lidge, say which one of them, Brad Lidge, but when he went and got Brad Lidge, he came in and he played. Like, getting the guy that you're coming to be your closer has to come in and be able to play. Joe Table, listen, Jose Mesa, bust out name. When he came in, he played. But when you got guys that can't come in there and throw to close the game out that have shaky stuff, 
that are throwing meatballs over the plate it's because they're playing out of position. You know, you got to get them. Listen, I'm going to give you another name. Scott Kingery. Scott Kingery's a huge problem with this team. Big problem. Big problem. Contract and ain't worth $6,000, okay? Mm-hmm. Terrible. Terrible. Big but problem. he takes a roster spot. They got rid of Cesar Hernandez for him. He's terrible. And the problem is you've got guys like that on your team who underperform their contract. Reese looks like he's turning the corner. Harper is Harper. You got Kutch on the back of a bad leg. He's just about done. All right, cool. They don't have a center fielder. That's a problem. Adubo Herrera is finally starting to swing the bat like he's trying to play the majors, but they don't have a constant, consistent fielder. Roman Quinn stays hurt. Center field and the closer are the two reasons why this team won't win. I don't even blame Girardi because he can only throw out there what he has. If I got to throw David Hale because Hector Harris is tired, I got to throw David Hale. We know if David Hale comes in, you might as well just change the channel to the Ellen column. He thinks too. Yeah, I mean, you get the, you get the JT Romuto. The, the eye roll when David Hale come in, spitting his ass in for the bullpen. As soon as he does this, I know what's about to happen. This ball sprinting in from the bullpen again. I know what's about to happen. Jimmy J, what's wrong with this team? The same thing. I think it's something in Philadelphia. The same thing that, that is the Achilles heel of the Sixers. Same thing that's the Achilles heel of the Eagles. They can't win on the road, but they can win at home. 13 and 6 at home, 5 and 11 on the road. You, you sweep teams like the Braves at home, and you go out somewhere and you can't pick up wins anywhere and you start blowing leads. They got fans. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's There's no starts, fans in our ballpark. It's, stuff starts falling off the hinges. Uh, and, you know, a place like Atlanta is, is full capacity, so they, they're out there. They're out there in numbers. So, but but even still, that's going to be your Achilles heel. You got to be able to win on the road. And in baseball, you don't have to win as much on the road. In baseball, you can win the least on the road of the of the three major sports and be successful. But the Phillies don't win at all on the road. You got to be somewhere close to that five hundred mark. And right now, they're I mean, I, I said it earlier, they're five and eleven. If they don't get that around, and et you're talking about, I don't blame Gerard. That is a manager thing. That that I can put. On, on Girardi, an experienced World Series winning manager, you got to be able to see stuff like that in your team to make those corrections. And we shouldn't, the disparity between home and away shouldn't be that bad. You know what it takes to win a World Series, and you're boasting and, and, and commenting that this team is ready to win a championship right now. We're constructed to do so. And you're dropping that many games on the road. That's a that's a managerial thing. That's a top down type of thing. I get players got to perform. I get players got to perform. But the disparity shouldn't be that much. If, if if the Sixers were that bad on the road, if the Eagles were that bad on the road, we'd be calling for the coach's head. We'd be saying it's a coach's problem too. Yeah. It's the same thing in baseball. It's a manager. It's a manager thing. He's got to be responsible. But in his defense, and I'm gonna say this: the LA Dodgers were the hottest team in baseball to start the year, and they've fallen off the rails. But Every that's home and away. That's that's home and away. That's not just all just on the road. Dodgers, but what I'm, they just the won the World Series. They're allowed to come out slow. But all teams, what I'm saying to you, the point I'm making is all teams, if you look, are all hovering around 500. That's how baseball is. Guys always start slow in the spring. They warm up as the weather gets warm up and the ball travels a little bit further. Balls that were stopping at the Warner track are now carrying out of the park. That happens in baseball. Teams have to get into a rhythm. Keep in mind, this is the first time they had a full offseason to really kind of prepare to come into the season. So there's training issues. You see a lot of hamstrings, a lot of core muscle tissue injuries. Guys are getting back into that rhythm of playing a 462-game season, just like basketball. Give them a little time. What I will say is this. Despite all of that, that five-game win streak has them a couple games ahead of everybody else in the division. So they have some cushion. Do I think that they're better than the San Francisco Giants? I absolutely do. I don't trust Gabe Kapler any more than, you know. The Giants are balling. The Giants are hooping. <laughs> the Giants are hooping. I think these boys can win. I think that when you've got Eflin, Wheeler, and, well, take away last night, Nola actually looking like decent pitchers. 
you actually have a team that can compete because you've got a solid one, two, three. Yeah. Remember, we said they always needed another quality starter. Eflin's finally stepped into that number three role. Mm -hmm. Vinny, I love it. And he's been and even Vinny Velasquez. Yeah, Vinny Velasquez. yeah Vinny, well, Vinny Velo. Vinny Velo's last start. How about it going deep into the seventh? Five innings, 112 pitches, 67 balls. Nah, Vinny Velo's trying to turn it up one time. Four runs. Like, like you knew what he was going to give you. Now he's getting two games clean, giving up a run, maybe two. If you Sixth get and seventh inning, going deep in the game, sixth and seventh inning type. You save this bullpen. You're not taxing them all crazy, having to bring in guys in the second inning. You know, you have a chance once Bradley gets back. They may need to go get another bullpen piece just to kind of add some stability. But they need to address center field. There are way too many outfielders out here that they can go and get one that can play center field because that is what's going to kill them. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I want to address two of those things. One is the the Hector, of course. I, I consider myself to be a Hector protector. Uh, I talked about the Matt Moore posse earlier in the year. The one that I really want to get going now is Hector's protectors out there in the right field stands. I'm with it, man. Hector, all right. That's said, good. Hector, all right. That being said, I think he's a tremendous reliever, and I, I think he literally might be like aside from Bryce and maybe Boehm, he's like my favorite Philly. Like he's hilarious. Interesting. He's like, I, I so obviously I, I think I was a little bit too hyperbole with my Hector Nares criticism. It's just that when he crashes and burns, he crashes no, and burns spectacularly. He'll blow a four run save. Mm -hmm. and no, I, whenever I he blows saves, it's ugly. It's it's a, a lazy fastball over the middle, a hanging yeah. breaking ball. Like you see the Hector Nares blown saves coming and. There have been times where he's wiggled out of blown saves because we've come back and won the game. And well, I, yeah, you know, no, I, I, I agree with that. So it's just that it's just that I don't. After the last two years, I can't, I feel like I can't give him the benefit of the doubt yet, even though he has six saves and two blow officially. No, no. No, yeah, no, I, I agree, Max. I was just going to say, I think he's a tremendous reliever and he should be trusted, but I think you need to explore someone else at that closer spot. He's just, he's shown, and, and it shocks me to hear he's only had two blown saves this year because it does feel, I guess, like more. But it's not just this year. It's the big moment as we lose ET. Hopefully we'll uh, get it back in a sec. But it's, I, I think he can be a great pitcher, but maybe not a closer. And, I mean, what I think is wrong with this team, I think it is Joe Girardi. I, I really do, and I'm oh, not yeah. – Stop. What do you mean? Listen, Stop. I liked Gabe Kapler when he was here. Gosh. I wanted to keep him here. I, I, I thought Gabe Kapler did a fine job as the manager. And now Gosh. you are undebatedly better than you ever were when Gabe Kapler was the manager. And you're doing exactly the same, more Gosh. or less, just middling. Can't really get over it. And it's the away team thing. It, it's, I mean, excuse me, it's the away games thing that comes back to your manager. You have to get your boys ready. They, 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 and, and this weekend, it really stuck with me. The way that they collapsed Saturday and they let it affect them on Sunday. That comes back to your manager. That's so, fair. I mean, look, we can, we can drone on about that all day. I don't want to do the Gabe Kapler thing anymore. All right. We'll do I'm it really again. Not. I'm sure we'll do it again later this season. I'm not doing it right now. We're going back into basketball real quick, though, boys, because this is something I've been thinking about awful lot ever since the season started. ET, I want to come to you with this one. You seem to really be thinking. Is Embiid the best Philly athlete we've had since Allen Iverson? So you're asking me to go back over a period of 20 years, a better athlete? Well, we know it's nobody. Um, I mean, you could argue – 
you know, T.O. You could all, but his long. That's what I. That's the first one that came to my mind was T.O. Athlete. I mean, because are we talking athlete, superstar, former? That's Philly athlete. Forty-five years old is in better shape than everybody on this podcast, and it's not. (laughs) That's not much. So, so, I mean, you know, athlete, yeah, basketball player. I mean, I'm gonna give him be the benefit of the doubt. But I can't go as far as athlete because there are guys who actually, in terms of being an athlete, a pure athlete, that are just mm-hmm. better. But in terms of if we're looking at totality of play within their yeah, sport. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I'll give you that because he's playing like an MVP candidate. People would have argued once a few years ago, but we saw that train fall off the tracks. Um, I don't even know who the Flyers have that is even good anymore. You know, like who cares? And I mean, the last Philly that I thought that was a great athlete was Ryan Howard, and he hasn't been here in five years. So I'm going to argue and say that, yes, MB, based on prisoner of the moment, MB's doing it right now. He's in his prime. He's leading this team deep on the playoffs. They actually have a chance to win a title. Yes, I would say MB is the best athlete in his sport, respectively, since Allen Iverson. There we go. JJ, oh, you're shaking your head. What are we thinking, JJ? You you said it. You said two people I was thinking of, and one, when you said them, I was like, yeah, that's, that's the right answer. And B doesn't have it. He might be playing like an MVP candidate, but there were two Phillies who did win MVP, and one of them is Ryan Howard, who had one of the most dominant stretches the MLB has seen in recent memory. So, like, Embiid, I think you, you hit it on the head when you said the, the prisoner of the moment. He's doing it right now. He's in his athletic prime. And basketball is such a fun sport when you're dominant to watch, especially a center, that the easy pick is Joel Embiid. But I'm, I'm talking about a, a batting champion, an MVP, um, a silver slugger. Like, like Ryan Howard, when, when Ryan Howard had his run, it was scary how good he was for the Phillies. He's not as athletic as Embiid, obviously, but – and the way Embiid is dominating is dominating the NBA. We saw Ryan Howard dominate the MLB like that. He had an absolutely crazy run. I might go. I might go. Oh eight, Ryan Howard. Oh nine, Ryan Howard. Before all that, man, he was a beast. No, I like it, JJ. I was. I, I had to think about that too. Digits. What are we thinking though? I'm. I'm. I'm very interested that you picked Ryan Howard over Jimmy Rollins because Jimmy yeah, Rollins. I know, I know, no, I wanted to go Jimmy Rollins. Ryan Howard stretch was a little bit just more like dominant. I agree. Than I agree. Okay. I, see, see, for me, I think that Jimmy Ryan Howard was amazing at being a power hitter, but Jimmy Rollins was was a five tool guy. He was mm-hmm. he he was doing it all for the Phillies, and I think that. His lows weren't nearly as low as Ryan Howard's because there were times when when Ryan Howard would, you know, with with no outs, he's he's hitting a, a towering pop fly to the shortstop, and and the inning would collapse. And Jimmy Jimmy Rollins was he was the he was the oil in that machine, he kept things moving. Him and Utley were, but Utley wasn't as good as a player as Rollins were. Um, so I I think that kind of defaults me to Rollins as as my choice here. Um, I I think Embiid is is certainly in this conversation. And it's it's really just a matter of, of the title and the playoff success. And I think that Embiid, if if he continues on even a remotely similar trajectory, I think he'll probably edge out Rollins or or Howard or you know I don't know if we're including Brian Dawkins in this, but I know that he would get a lot of love in a in a conversation like this in terms of his ability as a player. I think that Embiid will will, will eventually take this crown with. I think one title is probably all it takes. Here's something y'all not gonna want to hear, but McNabb is somewhere in this conversation. Y'all not gonna want to hear that. Y'all not gonna want to hear that. But he's McNabb's on the outside looking in though because yeah, 
it, it's not, it's not like on TV. at the same position, and he had an ugly falling out here. Yeah, he had a real ugly falling out here. And part like, of this yeah, question yeah, is if it's top five, McNabb is like six. It's not fun that he's in there, but he's in there. I don't no. enjoy seeing McNabb at the function, but he's there. He there. Let me just, let me just throw this out, though. In any point, Donovan McNabb's entire career, did anyone try and make the case that he was the best player in the NFL? No, and that's how that's where it ends. You mean Tom Brady played? He was Tom Brady Peyton Manning played football? No, 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 no. Like LeBron James is playing right now, and Jordan Beat is playing better than him, and that's facts. That's facts. So. I, I don't know. This is tough for me. I'm going with Embiid just because I don't think I've ever seen such a dominant athlete in the city in my life. The two guys, the actually Ryan the one guy that I Howard think, was this dominant. Yes, he was. No, he was. Yes, he was. He was. It's hard for any baseball player to be that dominant. Ryan Howard didn't hit for a high enough average. I don't think. <sighs> So Ryan Howard's two, three-year span where he was – that him and Roy Halladay. I think we're forgetting a little bit about Roy Halladay because he wasn't here for I very long. Doc was Roy, E.T., you cut out a little bit. What would you say? I said I'd argue that Doc Holliday was probably the most dominant Philly during that span. Yep. What he did yep, was just I would ridiculous. Too. ridiculous. He was post-World Series. He was post-World Series. Like he, he, yeah, was, he, he, he came after it. Ryan Howard did mm -hmm. it and then and, and run a, won a ring in the midst Man, that of that. That was a sin that we never got to a ring. The edge over Ryan Howard is because what Ryan Howard won the World Series and Doc didn't. Mm -hmm. And that's quite honestly, that's why that's why I give it to Embiid because I was jockeying between Doc and uh, Ryan Howard because I think it's it's Doc Howard and and Embiid and Jimmy Rollins is just. Behind them, in my mind, Max, I give it. Like, I, it's a good, it's a good call. When you're talking about best Philly athlete, there, what single accolade does Embiid have to put him in the same in the same category as two MVPs and a guy who threw a perfect game in a, in a, in a playoff no hitter in back to back years? Like Embiid has not done this. body in peak physical condition, not crushing Chick Fil A every time they get. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like I don't think Embiid has done. We talk about best Philly athlete. Now you take into into consideration individual accomplishments and accolades, and Embiid just hasn't done that. He doesn't have a rookie of the year under his belt. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have a single well, accolade. That's, that's a different. So, but, um, at the end of the day, he doesn't have it. At the end of the day, Malcolm Brogdon got the joint. So it's so, true. I'm just thinking about and, and now you're talking to now you're talking to champions, MVPs, and record holders. Like to, to say best Philly athlete since Allen Iverson and Beats gotta had to had to have done some things. And he just oh, has doing some things. These guys yeah, yeah. He's doing some things, just you wait. And 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 hey, I'm a I'm a big eye test guy, also. I mean I think it's Embiid. I think it's Embiid, Doc, and Howard. Also, based off the eye test. But gentlemen, we're gonna move on. This is, I like this question. I, I want to pocket it. I think we could have a little bracket, have a little game out of this too. But uh, we'll get, we'll come back to this one. Last question of the day, fellas. It's been a bit polarizing lately. I'm pretty excited. The play-in tournament. Are you in? Are you out? Are you a fan? What are your thoughts on it, Mister Digits? This this iteration, no. No, I don't like it. I don't think you should be rewarded just for being a seed. I think they should go back to how it was last year. If you are within X games of eighth place, then you qualify because it, it's it's not fair. If you are if you're six games out of, of you know between eighth and ninth or between eighth and tenth, you don't you don't deserve that opportunity. And quite honestly, I think that the playing tournament last year was spawned because of the bubble. And I think I think the playing tournament was needed last year. I don't think we need 
But I understand why meaningful games that that teams are, you know, this is what their whole season is built up to. I'm all for that. But I think that it needs to just be, it needs to be more exclusive because quite honestly, the the 10th and 11th seeded teams are very, very, very rarely even can, you know, worthy of consideration for the eighth spot, let alone a chance to play and, and, you know, play against uh, a team that that has real championship aspirations. All right. Fair play. So I'm going to come back and say this. One of the best and most favorite times in the sporting year is that little pocket between opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Right. You got full swing basketball. You're just coming off the NFL and March Madness is kicking off. And you know what makes it great? Because of the fact that the playing tournament has so many things going on. So many teams just hoping for a chance. Teams that. You know, but that's what makes it great. Some little Spinderella, Cinderella, D2, nobody, nothing school from the middle of the Midwest comes out and knocks off a juggernaut, and now they're a Cinderella story. I mean, we saw it last year. How many upsets? Most people's brackets were going by night two. Like, yeah, but you want to see that in college. No one wants to see that in the league. I don't want to see Brian lose in the first round. But here's what I'm saying. Cream's going to rise to the top, and stars are going to show up. Do I think that? You know, if Russell Westbrook didn't sit as many games as he sat this year, that the Washington Wizards would be looking at the bottom seed instead of maybe like the fifth or sixth seed? Absolutely. And I think because of that, they can get in and make noise. Do I think the Charlotte Hornets are really going to beat anybody? No, regardless as to whether they're the sixth seed or the tenth seed. I just don't. I don't think they're ready. But that's where Cream rises to the top. Now, look at the West. Look at the teams that are 6-10. Do you really want to see a playoffs without the Lakers, without the Mag- I mean, without the Mavericks? I mean, look at the teams that they're, they're that are fighting for that playing spot. The Spurs, which has always made the playoffs. Warriors, the Pelicans. I want to see the Pelicans and the, the Grizzlies. I want to see these teams in the playoffs. These are I some want to see John Morant playing the playoffs. Yeah, I want to yeah. see the Pelicans yet because Zion's hurt now. You definitely want to Zion shut down. That's true. But you want to see John Morant? I like mm-hmm. John Morant. I think he's a great player. I think if they get another big piece, another nice acquisition, they'll make some noise. They're basically where Dallas was two years ago. So. I think that all of that speaks to the fact that as these teams continue to get better, the West just is so loaded. I mean, I get it because the East has bad basketball. You got the Bulls. You got, you know, the Celtics who are injured. You got the You know, I get it. But the West is loaded. Like, any one of those teams, 6-10 in the West, could easily be a 4-5 seed, but they just didn't win enough games. So, yeah, sure, why not? Let them play in. Let them keep the spark. And you get bonus basketball for nothing. Yeah, you get bonus basketball. I want more playoff basketball, just like I actually gave me the NFL. I want more football. Get rid of that preseason game and give me another regular season game that matters. I want it. That's me. I like it. I've always been a fan of competitive balance. I think it gives those teams that aren't as good, aren't as stacked, a chance to have a chance to compete. And if they lose, they lose, but at least they're there. I love it, ET. I'm with you here, JJ. I'll let you finish it out and then I'll respond to that. I I I I think I'm with it just from the logistics standpoint. Like I just I completely get it. Like Max, you think you said you don't think we need it. You think we needed it in the bubble? I do think we need it because of those ten less games at the regular season. Like you look at you look at the the you know the the previous year's playoffs and how they've gone. The the ninth and tenth team, you know, usually are separated by a game or two. Now yep. you're right. If they come in and there's six games behind, then yeah, maybe there should have been a game limit as to you know when they can make the play and tournament to be within a certain amount of games. But normally those teams that are missing the playoffs are missing it by a game or two or three. And you're right. The season comes down to this last home stretch, and that last home stretch got taken away. So you got to be able to make up for it at some point. You got to be able to to get these fringe teams, and we know the NBA is very aware of who these fringe teams are. 
guys like John Morant, Zion Williamson, and Lamelo Ball, they're all in fringe teams, and we're investing our future into these guys. So there, there's a little wrinkle of that. But you have to give them the opportunity to make up for that when you when that when those ten less games are taken away. So I was on the fence about this question, whether yay or nay. But I just I just think I I get it too much to to not be for it. Who doesn't like more playoff basketball? Like I get it if you're LeBron James or you're the Lakers, you're the Heat. You barely had this offseason, and now just because we slid a little bit, because we're tired, because we made the finals, now we have to play an extra game, put extra mileage on the tires just to you know finish out the playoffs. So I understand the backlash to it, but. It, it, it just makes sense, and it's exciting. Like, it, it's not, you know, it, it's not like we're adding these extra games and they're going to be blowouts. Like, we're adding right. extra games of, of really exciting basketball, and it's starting to turn up at the right time. No, exactly. And and I'm usually not a fan of adding more teams to the playoffs, but I think this is like – you make them play into the playoffs, so you're not actually adding more teams in the playoffs – you're just giving a few more teams the opportunity. And ET, back to what you said about comparing it to March Madness. I, I love that. That was what I thought too. And the other thing you see in March Madness sometimes is you get one of these Cinderella teams, and then they, you know, they see them win in the first round. They start believing in themselves. They get the swagger going and they pop someone in the face the next round, too. And they're not expecting it. And I just can't stand – I think the first weekend or the first week of the NBA playoffs is typically terrible. You see the one seed and the two seed just blow them out. I think having one or two games of intense playoff basketball while the other team's resting and sitting on their couch watching, I think you could see a few of these teams from the play-ins steal a game or two. Maybe not two, but maybe steal a game and put a little juice into these early playoff scenes. JJ, I hear what you're saying about, you know, you don't want to see all the upsets in the uh, playoffs. I agree. But I do think you get a team that, you know, starts gelling a little bit or, or they start feeling themselves after coming out of the play-in tournament. And they could surprise a, a one or two seed that may be taking them a little lightly as opposed to other years where it's just a 4-0 domination. And it's, that's not fun for anyone except for the fans of the better team. I'm going to tell you what, Josh. I'm going to tell you what, Josh. Two, one or two tune-up tune games for an eight seed don't don't warrant, you know, doesn't wear off a blowout. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't stave off a blowout. If you was going to get blown out by that one seed, you was going to get blown out by that one seed, regardless if those two games happen. That's not why I like the play. Like the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Bulls getting two tune-up games and then getting the eight seed or, or something like that. Watch out for Mr. Triple-Double. The, the, the Wizards may be the only, the only exception Warriors, Golden State. Yep, yep. Stephen M. He can put a 50 ball on you. And who yeah. else? Oh, that's cool. 50, 50 to 60 other points got to get scored. Who who goes who's scoring them? That's all right. Wiggins and Uber just got to show up and put up 20 apiece. Yep. That's it. Four, four times, though. Four times, though. Like, like you, you can do it for that's one game. Issue. You might get four times total out of Wiggins and Uber in a series. Hey. Yeah. Well, all right. I, now, here's the one thing I wanted to say before we go. If there were one thing I would change about it. What I would do is instead of making six through ten have a playing series, what I would do is give the top two seeds a bye and let teams two through ten play. And then what they do is reseed to match up with the one and two after they play that first round. Mm. That's yeah. me. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm not a fan of adding like I don't know. I just don't like that the ten seed makes the playoffs. You know, I feel like it. They, don't, the you, you said it. they don't make the playoffs. They just they just earn the right to 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 play for it. Just right, like no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying I like about this as opposed to what ET was uh, throwing Burr. out there. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, though, I mean, 
Ooh, I'm excited for this play-in, though. I, I, I said to JJ before, I might be a little more excited for the play-in than I am the actual playoffs. You get to watch my guy, DeMontis Sabonis. We all remember that little uh, conversation. Saw all those money many, many months ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he, honestly, win, he just helped me win an NBA basketball championship in fantasy. E. E. Like, e. OJ, I, I'm not going to bring up the DeMontis Sabonis point because we legit don't have time. But I want to tell you, you want to talk, he was like, what, egregious? It was the most egregious thing I ever heard in my life. It was egregious. I promise you, I promise you, you will not get me to bring it up to say it, but I just need you to know. That I was in here defending the good name of, of trust the process because it was egregious. We, as Max said, we all say things crazy when we're when we get upset, you know. Look, this yeah. man Josh was off the gas. Well, boys, that brings us into our tap out at ET. Look, I, I was about to explain it to you. What am I doing? You know exactly how tap outs work. Does anybody know? Does anybody have a tap out queued up? Anyone want to go first? I got I got one queued up ready to go. Let's hear it, Josh. I do too, but carry on. My, mine's, mine's a quick one, though. Um, I got to shout out my guy, fellow Puma fan, one of the best rap artists in the game, J. Cole. Actually just signed a pro basketball contract today to play for in the African League for the, uh, the Rwanda. I forget what their, their actual nickname name is, but he's going to go play in Rwanda. And that just goes to show you, man, like, you're really never too old to, to accomplish a new goal, to chase something new, to, to just open up a new avenue for yourself. Because this man went pro at, what, 35, 36? Like, just signed his pro contract. So, it's like it's been a lifelong dream of his just to, to play basketball at a high, high level. He was a really, really outstanding high school player, all-state high school basketball player. Could have played in college if he didn't get hurt. Um, so, I just – I had to give love to the brand. You know, he out there representing Puma fam. So, good, good for Jay Cole. That's a shout-out to him. Yeah, we're gonna have to get some live streams from uh, Rwanda next season because that's yeah, gonna be pretty really tuned in to that league. Yeah, well, great for him. I'm not watching it, but like great for him. Are you okay, so I'm like so happy for him. or something? Yeah, absolutely uh, enamored for him. I'm not watching it. Doc Rock's <laughs> gonna have to cook up some uh, J Cole overs over here, but uh, hey, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Et, what's the tap out? Hey, first of all, I just want to take a minute because, you know, I haven't been on here in a while. I wanted to thank you guys for bringing me in. Let me do a guest appearance. I appreciate sure. it. Oh, Always yeah, man. welcome. Pleasure to have um, you back, bro. Also, uh, for all the ladies that missed out, listen, happy Mother's Day to all of you. None of us would be here without our moms. We appreciate you. Back so all the big moms, the wives, the girlfriends we got kids with, we appreciate all of you. We love all of you. You are what helped make all of us better men every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then lastly, I always got show recommendations. Listen, if you haven't gotten on to it, you're way too late. But watch Snowfall and watch Tom Harlem. That's I'm it. On it. I'm in season three of Snowfall. I'm knee deep. My guy. Oh, I'm and Ozark is coming back soon, too. Get on that. Woo! Mm -hmm. Now we're talking. I got to finish Ozark. I didn't finish Ozark. I got to finish Ozark. Oh, you got to get on that. Oh, yeah. You got to watch that. Yes, you got to get on that. That's the, that's the cream of the crop. ET, I might go ahead and take your recommendation tonight. I've been looking for a show. Digits. Snowfall's like that. We got anything? Man, I got nothing, honestly. Um, I, I guess I guess if I didn't say this at the beginning of the show, I would have thrown out the birthday week thing here. I'm looking forward to a nice birthday dinner steak on uh, on Friday night. So that, that's that's just on my mind. just want to throw that out steak there. 48. If you're looking for a sign to go out for a nice meal, go out for a nice meal for my birthday. There you go. We added a digit this weekend. I love there we it. There you go. Hey, let's steak 48 if you can get reservations. If not, Sullivan's is an awesome steakhouse as well out in King of Prussia. Word. Word. A little bit. Not where I'm going, but I'll, I'll take a look for next time. I'm already locked Jay, in for Chima. Where are we going, Max? Chima. Chima. 
Shima. Oh, oh Shima, yes, we bring it. Yeah, bring the OG crew. You're not really getting steak there. You're getting steak with other stuff. That's yeah, fine. I know, That's but fine. I'm getting. I'm getting but love for the nostalgia sake, ET for the OG time sake, we're going to Shima. Yeah, there it is. Go to Shima's. Man, I gotta get to work then. I, I gotta check this place out. But uh, you know, I don't. I don't have much of a tap out either. My tap out would be: I went on a run today after not going on doing activity in a long time. So if you've been like me, been really lazy, been out of shape since quarantine hit, here's your sign to get back out there. It's not as bad as you think once you actually start going out there. I'm. I feel better than I have typically. So yeah, get go out there and uh, get a little nice walker run in. But, you know, we are Trust the Process live, and if you missed us tonight, you can always find us in audio form. My guy Banners, he finds a real natural way to slip it in in the middle of the episode. That was good, no, no, that was good though. That, that was, was good, good Josh. That was really I'm good. gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him about you next week. That was. Good. Hey, I, I appreciate you put in, you'll put in a good word with the big boss man for me. I got you. I got you. Thank you. Thank you. But as always, we're brought to you by my new Philly, where something's always news, and everything's every always Philly. There we go. Even got that. Never right easy over Zoom. We're hot. We're hot. Going to the playoffs hot. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next Monday. Yes, sir. ET out on Q.